Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Why It Matters. The uncertainty of the pandemic might be over, but marketers will continue to face many of the same challenges over the last two years with the added wrinkle of a global recession. New joint research sponsored by CRM platform HubSpot, along with LinkedIn and conducted by YouGov, highlights the current business challenges faced by marketers in Singapore and reveals how the marketing dollar will be prioritize in a tight climate to keep the brand conversation going. Well, the latest economic projections agree that it's no longer a question of if, but when a recession will happen. Now, amid this uh, economic stress, nearly all marketers, about 99% of them in Singapore, are concerned about growth challenges. So let's find out about the current state of marketing here and how it'll change up if a recession hits. On the line with me is Kat Wallboys, who is Marketing Director APAC at HubSpot. Good morning, Kat. Good morning. Uh, thanks for helping me out with this. Uh, first, let's understand HubSpot a little bit. It's an American developer and marketer of software products for inbound marketing, sales, and customer service. Uh, tell us a little bit about your presence uh, here in the region. Yeah, absolutely. HubSpot uh, started out as a marketing platform that has, in its 16 years, grown into a fully-fledged CRM system. So we serve, as you say, marketers, sales professionals and customer success as well. Uh, we have been in the APAC region for a little over six years now. Uh, we, we expanded into Singapore, followed by the Sydney office, um, and have been here uh, investing in the region for just over six years now. Mm. How does HubSpot's uh, software help the marketing scene? Yeah, so the reason why HubSpot was founded was our founders who um, started the company in Boston in the U.S. Brian Halligan and Damesh Shah realized that they kind of thought there was a better way for marketers to market. Um, they felt at the time that marketing was very interruptive, very annoying, and not, all, and not at all personalized. They came up with the concept of inbound marketing, which really is rooted in this idea of how do we add value to our audience before we extract value? So how do we take our role in marketing as educators and providing value to our audience? And it went on to sort of really understand that this concept of inbound marketing didn't just apply to marketing, but also sales as a better way mm. to sell to people and also a better way to support people. And hence, that's how the product evolved to follow that methodology. Ah, okay. Let's uh, talk about the study that uh, you and LinkedIn recently released, the state of marketing in Singapore. Uh, what were some of the highlights for you? Yeah, there was quite a few in there. So you know, I've been in a regional marketing team myself. You know, HubSpot's head office is based in um, America. And, you know, I've been working in a regional team for about six years now. And we partner a lot with LinkedIn and we often talk about the, the challenges that come being in a regional team. And we kind of realized, well, there's a bit of a white space here. You know, we've got lots of customers and uh, other companies in the Asia Pacific region who are also going through some of these challenges, but also these great opportunities that marketers in regional teams in this region have to help their businesses expand internationally. So we're quite excited by the opportunity to uncover more of those data points and to find out from the, you know, the region what were, what were some of those opportunities. So I think it's important to highlight as well that amongst the people that we surveyed, so about over 500 leaders in specifically Singapore, you know, that was a mix of companies who have their head office uh, here in Singapore, but also um, 
companies that have their head office overseas. And so their regional team is based in Singapore. And yeah, there was a lot of interesting things that came out of that, particularly around communicating and aligning with our global um, counterparts if you're a regional team. So nearly half of the marketing decision makers in Singapore really feel that the senior leaders in their global offices are misaligned with the local marketing team. And even more interestingly, 82% of marketers in Singapore agreed that they spend too much time educating their global HQ on the Singaporean nuances. So this is really tapping into, you know, helping our head offices recognize as regional marketers to serve our region, we really need to think beyond just, you know, language localization and that tapping into our markets is really understanding things like our local diversity, humor, right. accents, um, cultural moments. So am I assuming that it's a case of, hey, it's cool, let's have an HQ in Singapore, but the decision making isn't from the HQ in Singapore, but offsite elsewhere? Is that why yeah. there's a problem understanding the nuances? Yeah, it's working with our global counterparts to sort of say, well, think certain things don't work the same here. For example, mm. with marketers, we work with marketing channels all the time. And I think there's a real lack of understanding, you know, if you work in this region and, and you are working with um, teams elsewhere, a great example is WhatsApp. It's a huge messaging platform in Asia for us yeah. to be able to effectively communicate with our customers. But for North America, you know, for, as an example, they won't really feel the same way about that. And so they won't be as ready to invest in that as a channel where that can make a huge difference to your go-to-market strategy in this region. So it's really educating on, you know, how we do business differently and what are those opportunities. You know, businesses, you know, have grown internationally for years. But I think there's a cap to that growth unless we really go in with a local first strategy. Mm, that sounds like a lot of time uh, being wasted as well. So you're saying a local first strategy is, is the most important. How can companies you know, work toward achieving that? Yeah, I think we need a bit of a framework. I don't think okay. absolutely everything needs to be localized, right? I think um, some things work particularly well and many businesses will be familiar with the halo effect. You know, mm. the halo effect of having a brand presence globally certainly gives you a, an uplift locally. But there are just some things that resonate better. Um, and so we've, we've seen this um, when we've run a few campaigns ourselves at HubSpot. So if I give you an example, you know, we've run a campaign in the past. Uh, it was called World Certification Week, and the goal is to really help our market get certified in key um, courses, like uh, inbound marketing, as an example. And so the goal of this campaign is to really raise the awareness of the importance of upskilling and get people to complete certifications on the HubSpot Academy. In 2021, our global teams ran that in this market with no localization. In 2022, so this year, my team were very excited about the opportunity to localize this. So how we work with local influencers and brand <laughs> partnerships, for example. And what we saw was an 85% increase on those certifications completed and um, a 21% uplift in the number of people signing up to the HubSpot Academy. So these are very tangible results that we see when we begin to localize our marketing efforts, when we begin to tell our market, we're here, we understand you, we get you, and this is showing up in everything we do. Um, so these are great examples where we can prove that localization works. Um, but I think really marketers need a framework. What needs to be local first? Uh, events is a great example on the ground. You know, we really need to make sure we're attending uh, events on the ground. I think then there's global first, things like our website and our blog doesn't often have to be too localized. And then I think there's a localized framework where we do take global concepts and maybe tweak them for our market. Mm. So I think we kind of need frameworks to think about how we most effectively go to market without necessarily, you know, duplicating efforts across the globe. That's definitely something we want to avoid. Ah, okay. That's that's uh, very clear there. Uh, Kat, not to confuse the situation, but I do want to talk about some of the challenges that, you know, uh, marketers in Singapore are, are mm. facing at the moment. Um, but at the same time, how much of it can be solved with, with proper localization? 
Yeah, it's a good question. So if we think about some of the core challenges that we heard in the research, you know, 99% of our marketers in Singapore say that they're facing growth challenges in the okay. business, which is hardly surprising given mm. the curveballs thrown our way over the past three years, anything from, you know, the great resignation to, um, you know, things like the rise in ad spend. Uh, and I think, you know, for many companies, they might be deciding to tighten, you know, some of their spend. And so marketers are often the first to see that budget cut, which is yeah. a bit crazy because your market team should be that growth engine and so I think when we think about solving that gap through localization it actually starts more at sort of a, a mathematical level so what you want to be in a place as a marketer is in place to say if we cut marketing's budget for direct response ads we know that that's going to cost us this many leads which is going to have this much of a knock-on effect in sales right so I think that's one thing understanding what these cuts and challenges that, that bring to your marketing teams the thing where we want to optimize our spend in, say, ads as much as possible is how we do localize content. And again, we see great results when we bring in, um, say, if your brand is creating content, if we partner up with another local brand that's well recognized, this kind of brand affinity is actually also benefiting um, our direct response ads um, as well. So I think it's a lot about stepping back and understanding our budgets as a whole, but how can we optimize spend? You know, I feel like marketers at the moment are being asked to make, you know, squeeze the lemon, make everything go a little bit further. And I think the more that we resonate with seeing better results in that way. Um, we've had, again, another great example in my team um, with audio ads. You know, okay. uh, we were pretty much rolling out a global um, audio ad onto a, a podcast network in Australia. And uh, we were using the American voiceover ad and my team thought, you know, we really think accents makes a huge difference. So we had a, a voice um, over of that ad done in Australian accent. And just off the back of doing that, so it's the same ad, it's the same script, it was just the accent that changed. We actually saw a 13% improvement in the conversion rate and about a third more influence leads as a result. So again, I think, you know, with budget spends and we're trying to make things go further, localization can often unlock that extra bit of growth purely mm. because we're better resonating with our audience. I, I like the way you describe that because it's not like you need to sit down and let's let's have this creative brainstorm and figure out how we're going to get the audience. It's just a, such a subtle tweak, right? But if we, were, if we were to really dump it down and, and look in a very, very simple point of view um, in terms of opportunities that marketers in Singapore can capitalize on, what do you think are some of the most obvious ones right now You know that, that they can really leverage on uh, where cost isn't too big of an issue? Yeah, it's a great question. I think when cost isn't too much of an issue, and especially if you are a brand that seems to be, you know, suffering from the increased um, cost in ad spend, which is definitely a, a, a result of the pandemic. You know, so many businesses went online and suddenly keywords got a lot more expensive and competitive. Yeah. So again, if you're trying to think about something we can do now, it really helps to turn to what I would describe as our own channels. So how can we get more um, optimization out of the channels that we own that we're not paying for? So the website is a fantastic one and we know that how can we optimize on the traffic already coming to that website on-site chat is a fantastic um, uh, channel for that so you know really putting that on key pages where you get lots of traffic something that pops up and asks that person on your site you know do you need some help can I help you answer a question and it actually starts to connect with that customer a lot earlier than if we wait for them to say fill out a form on the website right so I think that's something that can be quite inexpensive. The technology to do this um, is incredibly like low barrier to entry and it's taking away that reliance we have on things like paid. Um, something from the research that marketers in Singapore told us that they were um, quite excited about was um, uh, social media. They felt mm. that that was giving particularly small businesses a really good platform to compete with larger brands. But what was really interesting to me, I know you say things that might not cost too much, 
One of the top um, areas that marketers in Singapore felt that their global teams own, but they think they should be owning in their regional team, was actually brand. And I think that comes down to sort of, you know, how do we build brand affinity during times that are challenging? Okay. Um, you know, if we aren't, able, you know, we're, we're, we're really optimizing on the people that are looking to buy from us now. What about that next level of um, our audience who aren't quite aware of our product and may not be ready to buy now, but will be? And we're really seeing um, the idea of um, local teams owning their brand strategy and mm. I think that comes out of a need and an understanding of building affinity um, at that local level. But we're also heading into a very interesting time with with a, a unique demographic, I'll, I'll put it that way, where mm-hmm. I'm sure you face conversations like, okay, we need to build our brand. But really the success is in, you know, what is your brand? Do you know what your brand represents? Because people care about that. Absolutely. I think people like to buy from brands that they enjoy engaging with. And so the more that you can um, make those experiences more delightful, uh, more seamless, you know, you really need to understand what you're saying, what our audience today values and increasingly that is a process that's easy you know um, I want to be able to easily connect with your brand whether that's to buy or to get help and support you know um, and I want to be able to do that on the channel that's easiest for me that could be WhatsApp that could be email that could be a phone call often often or not it's a lot of channels um, within the one sort of buying journey that they're going through and so yeah I think you're exactly right. Um, we buy some brands that we love, and right now we love brands that make our lives easier, that it's delightful to to buy from. <laughs> I've been speaking with Kat Warboys, who is marketing director for APAC at HubSpot. Thank you so much for your time, Kat, and uh, have a great week ahead. Thank you. You too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.